Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 49 in our series of financial well-being podcasts. I'm here at the Palatial Bud Towers with my friend Chris Bud. Good morning, everybody. And producer Tomo, who's also, I'd like to think, my friend. About, just about. Just about, okay. Tomo, how are you? I'm good. We're recording this on the 5th of April, so any financial advisors who are listening to this will know that that's the end of the tax year. And all is calm. It's not like it used to be, is it? I can remember years ago getting phone calls from clients saying, I want to do my ISA contribution on like the 5th of April. And you had to drive to central places to take the checks and all, you know, before internet banking and all that. A big day. It's not like that anymore, is it? It's easy well, for you. Well, easy for us. What do they say? ISA season starts on the 6th of April. It ends on the 5th of April. So, yeah, we try and do our planning throughout the year so we're not so stressed at the end of it. But a few things often pop up. So, actually, you're saying it's not that it's a lot easier. You just do a lot better these days. <laughs> oh, that's not for me to say, Chris. Anyway, so when this goes out a couple of weeks or so after the 5th of April, all the financial advisors <laughs> will be sitting back with their feet up going, oh, I don't have to do any work now until next April. <laughs> <laughs> you might also have a few people listening who will go, oh, God, was it the 5th of April? Oh, no, I've missed my chance. <laughs> right, OK. Uh, what's... Um, Uh, what's on today's podcast, Chris? Today, David, we are looking at retirement issues, issues that you face at the moment of retirement. It's the second of our three-part series on retirement. Um, I have a question now before we actually move on. You mentioned that this is the second part of a series about retirement. Do people need to have listened to the first part in order to get the benefit from this one? No, not at all. We will be doing a bit of a recap on some of the stuff we touched on the first of the three, but this episode stands alone. It's for everybody. Although it is fair to say it's of particular relevance to people who are very near or at the point of retirement, but there's issues that we cover which anybody will find of interest. Right. Well, I certainly fit into that category of being somebody who is of an age where I could be considering retirement. Whether I actually am or not, of course, is another matter. But uh, but I, I shall. We shall find. Out. Listen on, listeners. And I we'll shall. Find out. I shall look forward very much to the content of this. Before we get into that, a little plug: we are hosting the. Financial Wellbeing Conference in a couple of months' time. I'm hugely excited about that, actually. It's going to be a chance for us to take a thing that we do here on a small scale and perform it out, actually, to the world of financial advisors. It is only for financial advisors, although if anybody else wants to come along, they'd be more than welcome to. But the content will be pitched at financial advisors to help them help their clients to become happier, not just wealthier. We have some really cool speakers, obviously, present company accepted. (laughs) Um, And we'll be recording a podcast with a QA. and a We've got an amazing keynote who's just going to absolutely wow the place. And an industry-changing announcement will be happening during the the day as well. Well, that's exciting. Big stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. And really looking forward to it. So we will put a link in the show notes where you can get hold of the tickets. Now, that's a very interesting point you make there, Producer Tomo. Because mm-hmm. that was a real producery type thing that it you was. just did then, wasn't it? Yeah. One would almost think that you are the producer of the show that does all the producery type stuff. One would say so, yes. Yeah. We'll come back to that in just a second oh, uh, when we go into the title last time I because I have a little point to make there. But I also have another beef with you. And I, David, you wouldn't have seen this. Okay, but there's been a bit of a theme over these podcasts of Tomo's role perhaps being a bit bigged up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agree with that? He's certainly grown in stature and in terms of his involvement over the months I was thinking more self-importance, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know, he's taking from me and therefore I'm highly bitter about this. So this this has just become a little bit raw for me because... um, This podcast ain't big enough for the two of us. (laughs) 
a guy called Chris Ankers, who's been a regular contributor to our Tight Ass Tombo Tips. He's laughing now, Tombo just realised where I'm going with it. He said, can I come to the, to the conference? I said, yeah, of course, it's for financial advisors, but you're welcome to come along. Brilliant, because I'd be so excited about getting a copy of the book signed by Tomo. <laughs> <laughs> so I pointed out, you do realise Tomo didn't actually write the book. I did. He said, yeah, I know, but I want Tomo to sign it. Well, Chris, I'm a f- have, you, have you seen A Star Is Born? Yeah. Uh, I think there comes a time when yeah. one star begins to wane. Am and I like the waxes. Diana Ross of the uh, Is It Supremes? That's me. Or Beyonce, yes, yes. Form an orderly queue. Yeah. So um, if ever I needed a hint, the time was it was time to move on. That was it. Crikey. No, no. Excellent. You'll, you'll come to terms with it. You'll come to terms with it. Um, um, now, I'm just going to finish on on one point that I think is quite important to get across because I always want to give this charity a shout out all of the profits from the conference will be going to the Penny Braun Cancer Charity and I thought that was important to mention we're obviously quite keen supporters by the book the proceeds go to that charity and we want to continue that support so definitely worth mentioning thanks for pointing that out Tomo right let's start with our regular feature where we answer some of the typical questions that clients of Ovation Finance ask so what have you got for us this week Tomo well, I'm hoping that this will be irrelevant in... Be irrelevant. Be, okay. be irrelevant in a few months' time. But it's hard to go by without somebody mentioning the B word at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned it once already, Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> so Brexit yeah. comes up. And I actually think this is a really important uh, example of things we cannot control. And let's just use investing as an example. In this example, there is an awful lot that we cannot control. So trying to do too much about it is a fool's errand. So we at Ovation, with our clients, we invest across the world, globally, spread the risk, spread spread that investment. So there are always going to be pockets of these um, things popping up. It might be Brexit. It will be the US elections again in, in a couple of years' time. It will be something in Europe's going on. Something around the world is always popping up. So it's just reminding people that try not to put all your eggs in one basket and also reminding them that we like to spread where they're invested. So if it does have an effect, whatever way that is, it's, it's lessened. lessened. Yeah, that's the word. That's reassuring to know. Uh, so have we actually had any questions any other questions apart or was that it well that's it i just thought it was really that's the one it is what what do you think about brexit is the question there you go what do you think about brexit my response is i don't bloody know (laughs) (laughs) i just get my crystal ball out so i guess the point is trying to mitigate some of that by not overly focusing on one area in the world Thank you very much. Right, let's move on now to another one of our favourite items on the podcast, which, of course, is tight-ass Tomo. As we know, all came about. Producer Tomo took Chris and another friend out to lunch, persuaded them to buy a particular thing or have a particular thing. He said, don't worry, I'm treating you. Turned out he'd got a voucher. He'd got an app whereby he could get this particular meal, which was, by the way, delicious, but he could get it very, very cheap. And thus was the legend of tight-ass Tomo born. Before we come on to your tip, actually, Tomo, I'd just like to say that I have indeed acted on a previous Tight Ass Tomo tip. Some podcasts ago, you mentioned a few apps that you could use in terms of how you could save money. And uh, one of the ones that you mentioned was an app called Moneybox. And I've actually signed up to that app. And it's absolutely brilliant. What it does is you link it to your bank account. 
every time I use my card to pay for something, it automatically rounds it up to the nearest pound, takes the difference and puts it into a savings account for me. So yeah. that, so for example, I, I bought a cup of coffee the other day in a, in a Costa coffee, it was £2.60. 40p was then added onto that. So £3 went out of my bank, but that 40p was then put into a separate investment account. You can have it put into an ISA if you want to as well. I don't have mine put into an ISA because I'm stacked for ISAs for my tax year. Um, thanks very much for the great advice I get from Ovation Finance. Uh, other financial advisors are available, but not as good. Um, so, so, uh, so I found it really, really good. And, and also what is it? If you buy something that is like a, a round pound for £20, it'll actually take a whole pound and add it onto that. So it'll take £21 and put it in. And very, very quickly, it adds up. So mm. last week alone, I think I got about £20 sort of was just put into a yeah. savings thing just because of the money I was spending. And at that level, you don't really notice it's going. But certainly at the end of the year, when I look at that, you know, I'll report back and let you know how yeah. much I've got just from rounding up. So thank you very much. No worries at all. And I'm just going to come in here. This isn't a specific recommendation for Moneybox and their investments. Look under the bonnet and make sure they're right for you. But I know you've done your homework, David. So make sure it's right for you, whichever route you go down. We're going to start saying allegedly. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the world we live in, isn't it? Um, But yeah, yeah, what what a great way of, of getting some automation in your life. And I think automating things is the best thing to do when you're trying to accumulate Wow. Yeah, and I mentioned that to my son and he went, oh, Dad, I might do that as well. I might do that. He thought it was a great idea. And then, in fact, he discovered that his bank, he's with uh, Lloyd's TSB, I believe, his bank actually have a similar scheme where mm. you can do the same thing. Well, all this is is that every before we had cards and internet banking, you'd take cash out and when you'd come in, you'd put your change into a pot, wouldn't you? It's the same principle, isn't it? It's exactly the same. And interestingly enough, I always used to do that and I kind of still do. And every year or so, my, my Tupperware box would fill up. I'd take it down to the Coinstar at the local Tesco, stick it in there, 100 quid yeah. in 20p's and 2p's. Well, actually, the other day, I was looking for some change for the parking meter, and, and there was hardly anything in there because I don't really use cash anymore. So I very rarely have I saw change. my first pub who had the sign outside that said, no cash. Yeah. Cash-free pub. Mm-hmm. What have you got for us, Chris? Well, the coming back to the comments before about producer Tomo the power behind the real power behind this podcast is of course the ovation marketing assistant Tammy mm. hello Tammy hi Tammy hi Tammy Tam, now, Tammy's absolutely delightful and works really hard but she's a bit shy and, and won't come in front of the microphone but she does an absolutely fantastic job right so so are you suggesting that perhaps she does a lot of the work that producer Tomo theoretically does <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying I don't think there's any suggestion I think that's exactly what happens <laughs> So, producer Tammy <laughs> has uh, come up with a couple of her, her own Titus Tomo tips. Oh, now, I don't think we're going to call it Titus Tammy. We can stick with Titus Tomo, but you know, I just think we've revealed a little. It's like the Wizard of Oz. We've revealed behind the curtain uh, a little. Oh, you know. Okay. Okay. So Tammy's come up with um, a really, really good tip that I really, that I really like. She says uh, it's one for parents. Um, she says that when she was younger, she had some friends uh, who were told that ice cream vans were actually fire trucks. <laughs> And she says they got all the way to secondary school before they found out. Oh, that's cruel. And it's a little bit like another one I heard on the similar vein is that um, that uh, when the ice cream truck plays a tune, that means that it's run out of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, there's some evil parents out there. <laughs> so save yourself a few penny parents by um, by telling your kids a few fibs. <laughs> Tomo, 
What have you got for us today, oh wise one? We should have some music, shouldn't we? Yes. Yeah, that's whatever it's called. That was oh, a, yeah. something like that coming in. I haven't got a clue what that is, but sure, oh. we'll roll with it. I'm sure it'll be some rubbish you, are a you put in. Vacuum, I am a don't. cultural vacuum, or someone is of his age rather than the dark ages. Um, <laughs> Jock, I'm not sure I should be admitting this one. Well, actually, no, it was a friend of a friend who told me about this one. That you know, often go for a, this is more aimed at parents with younger children, and you go out for a family day and you see on the board and it will say, parents or adults tickets is x x y z and and then it says children under the age of two or children under the age of three so um my friend's child is just over the age of two but often it's if you go and you're under two years old you can get him free so my tip is just continue to shove them in the buggy <laughs> and make sure if they're talking they don't speak okay and rush through the turnstile job done so my son is my son is 30, so you reckon if I crammed him into a buggy, I might be able to get away with it? I can, wow. I can remember having to lie under a blanket when we went into Longley <laughs> Safari so that I wouldn't be seen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Did Tito ask Tom over tips that are illegal? Is this a good idea? I didn't say it was me. I said it was a oh, friend yes, of a point. friend. Yes. So this isn't something that we recommend people should do. No, <laughs> no. no, no we're not. Well, I, I don't think we pass that on as a recommendation. However, it's a useful tip for somebody yeah. if they really feel that they need to just save those few pennies. <laughs> no, but, um, my daughter still um, wears size five shoes, which of course means that they're children's shoes and don't pay VAT. Well, interesting. The other side of that is my son, who's always been big. I mean, he's six foot four, and and so actually, from when he was. 10 we, we weren't able to buy him kids clothes anymore we have to start buying him adults clothes and so actually it cost us more so you're fortunate to yeah, have a, yeah. a slighter child I, I overheard uh, my daughter who was 18 talking to a friend of hers about this and her friend said well i'm size six do you reckon i can get my feet into a fight and save a bit of money well, that <laughs> might not be a good idea <laughs> well you might remember a tip way back when i did exactly that to Lindsay. Where I, I said, I'll buy you a pair of trainers, my treat. And I was forcing her down the, get the five and a half in that, mate, rather than the sixes. Poor woman has never forgiven me. Um, but yeah, naughty tip, I right. guess. Right, OK, so we've all demonstrated what, what princes of penny pinching we all are collectively. Uh, but I think we need to crack on with today's subject. The second of our three series on retirement. And this time it's for people who are at the point of retirement. Chris. So in podcast 47, we looked at the years leading up to retirement uh, and that we're now going to be concerned with the decisions people are faced with at the moment it comes to stopping work. Um, we also decided that we don't like the word retirement because it's rather old fashioned with its visions of being carted off with a gold watch after 50 years of working for the man, for the corporation. Things aren't like that anymore. People have many more options. So we need to consider the decisions people have to make in the modern world of work as they reach this point of change. Because what we're really talking about is the moment when you hopefully move from a position when you're earning more money than you need to live on, allowing you to put money into savings and pensions, to a position where you are earning less money than you need to live on. And therefore, you need to start drawing from your savings and pensions. So let's get Tombo in here. As you advise people, Tombo, who are reaching the day of change, what are the issues that you will be helping them with? Or the practical, technical issues? OK, so let's assume for a moment they we've had that conversation and previous episode we talked about what you'd want to do with that time off and what's important to you so you've you've got that clarity so now we need to do some important things to try and work out what's achievable we've got some technical issues we need to cover but we've also got some planning type issues 
for example, if it's a new client, perhaps someone who hasn't taken financial advice before, there might be a little more for us to look at. So on the planning side, we'd need to discuss how much income they might need, any debts they need to repay, you know, any one-off expenditures such as a big trip or a new car, their health, I mean, that's quite important, knowing you know, if they're in a ill health, is there a, a shortened life expectancy? Now, if they're in a couple, you know, what would happen if one of them was to pass away? You know, what income might be there? And you know, if they want to make any gifts to the children or charity, that, that often comes up. So those are the planning bits. But then we need to look at some of the technical issues. And this would include you know, whether to take tax-free cash from a pension, whether to buy an annuity to secure some income or go into drawdown and, and take the income as and when you need it from a pension, that is. Um, whether their investment risk has changed as they reach retirement. And things like inheritance tax issues, if people have got a, a larger amount of money and whether this should be considered and reduced accordingly. Blimey, you've completely put me off even contemplating <laughs> retirement now. That's quite, that's quite a lot of people, quite a lot for people to think about. Well, that's why we need to have special podcasts, David, and, and get experts <laughs> like Tom in. Yeah, and so if those are the things that we need to be considering, those of us that are approaching the retirement age, I mean, what are the principles of happiness that are especially relevant to people or in the process of retiring? So that's that's. Thank you for bringing us back onto the financial well-being Indeed, track yes, of this the podcast. podcast. <laughs> it is. Uh, so let's go out to some some basic principles. Firstly, there's that overarching "know thyself" that uh, is a theme throughout the book and throughout these podcasts. In order to work out how much income we're going to need, in order that Tomo can do your financial plan, we first need to know what we're going to spend our money on. What we're going to spend our retirement doing. So that's the first question anyone should ask themselves or that they should be asked by their financial advisor. What is your retirement day going to look like? What are you going to wake up and do? So a quick recap, and we touched on this in the part one of this series. This does not mean just a bucket list. Okay, so that bucket list idea where you've got a list of things you've always wanted to do and you tick them off. That's great and, and, and important to know, but that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about purpose. It means what will get you out of bed. It means having something that is pulling you into retirement. Hopefully, this has already been considered, but if it hasn't, you absolutely must do so. Okay, Having purpose in retirement is really important. Secondly, then, we've also got the importance of the retirement plan being one that is right for you. Comparison, particularly, is the enemy of well-being. So let me give you an example. Uh, Gallup did a survey where they offered two options to people. First, so I'm going to ask you this question, David, OK? Yeah, yeah. First, you get a salary of 50k but all of your peers are earning 25k. Alternatively, you could choose to earn 100k where all your peers are earning 200k. Which one would you choose? Well, I would certainly choose the 100k, but I'd also be looking for another job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're a sensible, well-balanced individual, David. In fact, in the survey, most people chose 50k where their peers were earning 25k. Is that right? Because it meant they were earning twice as much as their peers. So that's how we tend to live. We, we tend to compare themselves with people who are, um, who've got more money than us. You know, that, that's what we're always looking for. And that makes us unhappy. Well, that's just, I, I pick up on that. It's a really interesting point. I, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But I mean, I'm in, in the world in which I work. I know some people, I work with some people who are incredibly wealthy because of the success that they've had in their careers. 
And, and I look at the money that they earn and the things that, that it's brought them, and I actually think, well, yeah, I wish I had that that house in America, that house in Spain, or whatever the thing might be that they have. Um, but actually, I think I look at what I have got, and I've been actually reasonably fortunate in my career as well. And I go, well, yeah. I say I'm really pleased with the things that I have. I'm pleased with the things that I've got in my life. And I'm actually also pleased for my friends that their successful careers have brought them those things as well. So um, I think it's it, it, it surely is a mistake to start comparing yourself over much to other people and wish that you had things that other people have got. I think there's, there's a couple of things there. One is you are a remarkably well-balanced individual. <laughs> I think that uh, anybody who listens to these podcasts that will have come across. But it's also, a, it's not about comparing with people who are hugely rich. Mm. It's about your neighbours and people around you who have got a bit more than you. Um, we don't tend to compare with people who've got a bit less than us and realise how lucky we are. We mm. tend to compare ourselves to people who've got a bit more than us and think, well, that's a shame, why haven't I got that? So um, some people do it more than others, but there is a general trend. Uh, the, the point is that if you do that, it will tend to make you unhappy. Absolutely right. That way madness lies, listeners. <laughs> so cheer up and be happy with what you've got. Sorry, you carry on. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, so having got that out, the next step is to do some number crunching. So, again, this is where we bring in Tomo, who's currently being attacked by Luna, the soft little Westie that we have. <laughs> anyway, right, Tomo, and I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so so number crunching, you know, to give you an idea of the process, you know, let's quickly do a dirty financial plan. Something that's really... I like the sound yeah. of this. <laughs> Not quite back of the fag packet, but but with that in mind. So what are we going to use now that we don't smoke cigarettes, oh. by the way, to do quick and dirty calculations? Oh. On the napkin, maybe. Yeah. yeah. On the back of an iPad. Oh, the iPad <laughs> notes section or yes. something like well, that. It's, it's not, not the, the same. same no, no. I, do, I do my shopping list on. I've got yeah. a little notes thing on my phone now. But so. You can't say, oh, this is just a quick, dirty back of the iPad calculation. Yeah. It doesn't quite work, no, does it? Doesn't. Sorry, Tommy, do carry on. <laughs> All right, on the back of the Benson and Hedges. Um, firstly, we need to get up-to-date values of any savings and investments we have, plus any personal pensions. So that might be defined contribution pensions, you might know it as. Um, we also, for defined benefit pensions, i.e. final salary pensions, we need to get retirement statements. And we also need to think about what kind of state benefits or state pension we're going to get. Um, and I've mentioned before, you can go online, type into Google, check my state pension and you'll be able to get a forecast and also tell you the day that, that you'll be able to start receiving it. We then need to tally up any debts that we have. For example, if there's a mortgage that is going to be repaid or any credit card bills so that we make sure that we've set money aside for that. And then we end up with three figures. The first one is a figure for your savings and investments, a figure for your defined contributions, pensions, i.e. the personal pensions, as well as any annual or monthly income coming in from guaranteed pensions. So that might be, as I said, the final salary pensions and state pensions. And I should add one more on here that, that I've failed to mention is look at what rental income you've got coming in as well if you're somebody who owns buy-to-let properties. Then the final thing we need to do is work out how much income we can realistically get from our investments or our personal pensions. Uh, it does depend on the level of risk you're willing to take, um, but perhaps for this dirty financial planning exercise, 
use a rate of 4%. That's very dirty. Yes. From that, you should then have a rough idea of what income you may be able to produce in retirement. And then the final step is going to be uh, to compare that figure with how much you think you want. The bit that I was talking about, about what your retirement looks like, which is either going to be good news or not such good news. Great. So before we go on to the planning bit, I've got a couple of questions. That 4% you mentioned, is that generally accepted as the right figure for how much you take from your investments? Well, it very much depends, as I said, on the level of risk that you're willing to take. But using some uh, some historical figures, 4% is, is roughly a starting point. But when I say 4%, what I mean by that is it's actually the value of, say, your pot is £100,000. And you take 4% starting value, so that's £4,000. That doesn't mean that you then take 4% of the pot year on year, it actually means the starting value. So you've got 4% on 100,000 is 4,000 pounds. Then that means you can increase it by inflation each year. And you should in most situations be okay for 30 years. I say most, it's quite broad. There are gonna be years when the markets go down that you're gonna have to curtail that a bit. Um, There is arguments to say that it's a little lower than that. Um, Could be three and a half percent. None of this is super safe. It's what's called a sustainable withdrawal rate. There's so a... is this, for clarification, is this the amount of money you can take out without impacting on the capital? The capital will likely still go down, but it's the idea that it won't run out. Okay. But, you know, this is... this is Depends on all sorts yeah. of things. You've got to stick your money on the 330 new market, and, you know, clearly there's a chance it will go down quite quickly. And, and it has to be reviewed each year. It really does. And there, there's a really good book on this that distills all the historical data and the research that's been done on it by a chap called Abraham Okasanya, and it's called Beyond the 4% Rule. And, you know, I've read it, and, and it's a terrific book that really gives some guidance of where that 4% comes from. Um, and as I said, there's an argument for it being less than that. Can um, we just do a quick sense check here, Tomo? Yeah. Have you actually read it? Yes. Back read, to back. You, you read a book. I am a retirement planner <laughs> and I read books that are actually meaningful for my job. Um, no, no, no. What was the last fiction book you read, Tomo? Oh, let's not talk about fiction. <laughs> um, but it is an excellent, an excellent book that gives you a good idea. But it is that figure does mean you have to take some investment risk. Um, those that are not so comfortable with taking investment risk, we must remember that there is a thing called an annuity available. And that is where you can buy an income for life that's guaranteed to, you know, pay you pay you something monthly, yearly, whatever it might be, every month. You don't have to worry about this four percent rule or the markets going going south on you. Um, but what's really important is that you shop around. Don't simply take the annuity figure that your pension provider is offering, because as often you can get better rates elsewhere. And actually, you might be able to get an increase if you've got some slight health impairments as well. Okay. Does that answer that? Yeah. Quite involved that. No, it is comprehensively. Quite comprehensively. Uh, yeah, it's quite involved, but I think it's yeah. No, that's good. Thank you. And um, next question: uh, As for the pensions, what's this thing? Pensions freedom. Now, you promised me last time you'd explain uh, in this podcast. Why don't I just take all my money out and spend it? So I'd, I'd like to offer you a challenge here, Tomo. You've got to do this in less than 30 seconds. Thank oh. you. Explain pension freedoms in less than 30 <laughs> seconds. Is it possible? Oh, well, let's try. Is there, is there a clock? Ready? Yeah. Right. So 2015, Chancellor Osborne 
released some new legislation that meant that you could take as much or as little out of your pensions when you turned 55. The problem with that is, if you take it all out at once, you're likely to get a big tax bill. And guess what? Pensions are actually there to fund fund retirement for the long run, 30 years plus. So if you spend it all at once, you're going to be destitute, eating canned beans at the age of 70. Spot on 30 seconds. Very good. Thank you, you, Tomo. Uh, So there's lots of variables in that plan then, and we only have so much time. So I guess the answer is that someone wanting to do this properly should seek advice. Well, you know, you'd think we would say that, wouldn't we? Mm. But actually, this... You, you can joke about this at lots of different points in life, but actually at retirement is the one time. I personally think it should be compulsory that people should take financial advice at this point. Um, there's certain things like uh, when to take out life insurance or starting a pension. Um, people can delay or they can they can go online, etc., etc. But where it comes to at retirement issues, really, people really must seek professional advice on these issues. Yeah, no, I hear that loud and clear. Right, okay, Chris. So I want to come back now, if I may, to a point that you made earlier. So you've added up assets, taken off liabilities, worked out how much you're going to get. Now you're either going to be happy or you're going to be unhappy and and what should you do either way yeah so so let's take what you'd think would be the easy one first david the the, the conclusion let's say the conclusion to the adding up exercise is that somebody has enough money to do whatever they want in retirement great isn't that wonderful so what are they going to do well they've actually got more money than they need which is a lovely position to be in so they might consider gifting some money could be to the kids perhaps via a trust fund if they don't think their children are old enough to get a lump sum or it could be to a charity there's lots of really great research that shows that giving is really good for well-being. Yeah, we've covered this in an earlier podcast, haven't we? Producer Tomo, you're the man with the stats. We did, David. Episodes 12 and 13. So just very briefly to remind people that the three key parts of getting well-being from giving is to plan your giving, to make it something that means something to you, and maybe even to get involved. And of course, that creates opportunities for purpose and meaning in retirement. So if you put your money towards a charity, it might be you get involved in that charity. Um, be a trustee of it, for example. Charities are always looking for help on that on that type. Um, of course, that doesn't just apply to somebody with excess money. Everyone should explore giving in retirement, even if it's just with their time. Yeah, now that's great. But what if the numbers show that you haven't got enough? Then you've got some decisions to make. But there are lots of options. So a part-time job, for example. Again, um, just stopping work and not doing anything might not be the best thing for you. So um, the one thing, however, I wouldn't suggest that you do, which is tempting, is to go back and change the assumptions that you have in that plan in the first place. Because it is very tempting to say, well, if I just nudge that growth figure up to 6%, oh, look, I get everything I want. That's a dangerous way to go and could lead to problems later on. You know, it's worth pointing out that when we do this exercise at Ovation, it can get pretty sophisticated. You know, we look at uh, tax planning options and and the best way to take money from your various pots to make sure you're not paying more tax than you necessarily should do. Also, we tend to spend less money as we get a little bit older, but then all of a sudden we might have care costs that we need to consider. So creating a detailed financial forecast takes quite a bit of work and and is really important. And I allude to go back, sorry, to Chris's point about actually if you're gonna take advice at any point in your life retirement planning or at retirement is probably the the priority time actually and the outcome and this is if i may perhaps the key line from this whole podcast 
The outcome is going to be a plan that takes you through the decisions you need to make at retirement, mapped against what it is most likely to make you happy in retirement. Well, happiness as ever is the key to all of this. And that brings us neatly onto what part three is going to cover. Yeah, so we're, then we're going to look at later life and what you need to think about as you start enjoying retirement, keeping an eye on the money and what to do if things go wrong. However, before that, we will be putting out the very next one you listen, our 50th podcast. <laughs> we can sip and cheer. Oh, God, another one. <laughs> our 50th podcast, yay! And we're going to have a very special interview to celebrate the 50th podcast with multi-best-selling author who doesn't spend the, all the money she makes. A fascinating chat with Amanda Prouse. And we're also going to be giving away some goodies, so have a listen out for that. I shall be looking forward to that very much. As ever, gentlemen, it's been a huge pleasure to sit and chew the fat with you two. Thank you, Talk David. about money, and I hope you've enjoyed it at home as well, and we look forward very much to you joining us again. The next time we play just... No, that's wrong, sorry. Uh, we very much look forward to you joining us again uh, for the next Financial Wellbeing Podcast. If you want to be notified of upcoming podcasts, make sure you click the subscribe button. For more information on the topics discussed in today's podcast and to purchase a copy of the Financial Wellbeing book, please visit www.financialwell-being.co.uk. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on financial well-being. You can send us an email at contact at financialwell-being.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at FinWellBeing. Chris is Ovation Chris, and David is at Dave underscore Backwell. This has been an Ovation Finance production. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast. More interesting than you might think. Mm-hmm.